Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Axom, Celtic State of Mind, on Tuesday afternoon. It's the bulletin. It's that part of Christmas, gents, where they don't know what's happening. We've passed Christmas Day. We've lead up to New Year. Perfect. Me and you definitely don't know what's happening because we and I are both stuck in isolation. Uh, the Axom team said as many co- uh, COVID call-offs this week as the Celtic team, I think. I'm one of them, uh, but a few other guys, but we're all fine uh, and we've not got long to go. Um, Lawrence, uh, first of all, um, have a nice Christmas. Mate, uh, listen, it was brilliant. The, the team is uh, rising to adversity, isn't it? You know, no matter what's thrown us, injuries, COVID, whatever. Angie's aces, 
just keep getting the results and keep marching on. First trophy of the season in the cabinet. Six points off the top of the league, second half of the season to go, you know, and hopefully an exciting transfer window for us. Yep, fingers crossed. And um, there's a couple of late presents from Mr. Close in the transfer window for us, Patrick. How about yourself? Good Christmas and uh, a disappointing evening in, in Paisley, which we'll touch on. And then obviously that perked us up, that we victory up in Persian Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, managed to enjoy Christmas um, before getting the, the sort of dreaded text that you have to isolate. But, um, no, it was a bit of a bummer in Paisley, but obviously a good performance and a good result uh, up in Perth. And, you know, I think your injuries contributed to those results, but I think, you know, the teams that we played and the pitch sizes also contributed. You know, St. Johnson certainly looks like a bigger pitch. They're the worst team in the league at the minute. So, you know, just need to keep on going. Still only six behind, so plenty of games to play and we're definitely still in it. Yeah, there's plenty of games to play. I think it's 18 games in the league. We've still got to play three of them, a Glasgow Derby game. So it is all to play for. Um, Lawrence, we'll, we'll kick off with the game that we previewed last Tuesday. And Paisley, we've not been on since then. It was a frustrating evening for Celtic. Um, 83% possession, 30 shots in goal. What was it last week? A lot of people said it was flashes back to... To Livingston, um, that game where we, you know, we just couldn't seem to put the ball in the back of the net. It was very similar to that. Was there a growing concern for you in that game, or was it just that we probably hit that point in the season, got far too many players out in the squad, uh, and we're relying on people that we just don't have at this moment in time, and we need some of the big players to step up in a game like that. It just never happened. Yeah, listen, it's not the first time a Celtic team had a, a cup final hangover. I think it's a cumulative of the number of games we've played, the injuries, COVID. I, I just think it, it was just a combination of everything. The team did play particularly badly. I mean, you, you've just set the stats, 30 shots in goal. We could be doing with a few options up front. Uh, I think maybe that's a big thing. But I'll tell you what, the weekend there, Dawson didn't do his, his chances any, any harm today. He came on, he kept it simple. He moved the ball on. <laughs> and then he moved and got into position again. Unlucky not to score, he puts a wee bit more in that back in it. So I think it's probably a reflection on just the amount of injuries, COVID, and I'm probably a bit tired with the number of games and having a, a cup final, maybe a bit of hangover there. But, you know, it, it's one, it's been a crack in December, let's be honest, it's one draw. Uh, you know, Ange's got his way ahead of where we expected to be. Yeah, I think perspectives, did he do at this point, Patrick? Because Lawrence touched on there, it's Three months defeated, undefeated uh, domestically in Scottish football. Uh, cup final hangover. I think that's something to to look at. I mean, um, you know, if you go back to that game at Motherwell, four three, absolutely fantastic game, one of the most exciting games of football I've ever been at. But again, you know, the shades of that Celtic team, that invincible Celtic team, that even showed that their vulnerabilities post cup final. Um, or what Lawrence is saying in terms of perspective. You know, there was a lot of reaction of this stuff going around right away in Wednesday and after the, the draw in Paisley. Is it about just keeping a gauge? You know, you can't go from being, you know, the hero and your uncle on the, the Sunday when you win the cup to then he's a bad guy in the Wednesday evening. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you get a cup final hangover, it's probably only going to affect you once every season because there's no game after the Scottish Cup final. Um but it's just unfortunate that we've already dropped points in five games this season. That mm-hmm. you can't. It, it's not that you can't afford to drop points in a sixth. It's just that 
when you're only halfway through the season, it it's not a great sign. Um, I know we didn't quite get uh, proper orange ball until uh, after those five games, but I think we're still well within the title race. Um, I don't think it's a it's a a massive setback. I think it just puts more pressure on us to um, win the games that come immediately after the three week break, and. I'm hoping that can help us because I think every time we're under pressure, we've we've lost the occasion. Um, as you say, we're, we're three months unbeaten. Ever since we won two one away at Aberdeen, we've been phenomenal the vast majority mm-hmm. of the time. I think we've deserved to win every game. Um, even in Europe, we've we've deserved to get a result in all games. I think ever since that Aberdeen game. So I think if we just keep playing the way that we're, that we're playing. Um, It'll certainly be competitive. Uh, I've always said it'll be tight by the end of the season. Uh, you know, I'll stick to my prediction that Celtic will win the league, but if we keep playing the way we're playing, it'll be, it'll be tight at the top. Um, Lawrence, one of the comments coming in here early on, sorry Patrick, going to cut off a bit of your head for this one. Um, there's certainly so many players out, there isn't much Ange can do about that. What Ange does need to learn is how to deal with 11 men behind the ball. That's a puzzle he needs to figure out. Lawrence, do you think that's a puzzle he's not figured out? Because I would say at times at Celtic Park he's managed to, to open those teams up. Yeah, we've had bits of luck in those games. You know, if you look at Ross County and St Johnson at Celtic Park, um, and we get the kind of we get the Vickers deflected shot, which leads to his going to get the extra couple of goals after that, and then you've got the one uh, that leads to J.K. Marcus's goal. Do, do you think that that low block is something that Andrew's having an issue with, or it's just as you say? All those uh, factors that, that led to that drawing and Paisley just, you know, COVID ravaged, injury ravaged, cup final hangover and the amount of games that we'd played. Look, listen, I, th- I think it's kind of the hardest thing to play against, isn't it? When a team isn't interested in scoring against you, all they want to do is stop you from scoring. He's fi- figured that out sometimes. You know, without so many players through either injury or COVID, it makes it harder, you know. Would we have a better chance with with Jot on the park? Arguably, you know, a hundred percent fully fit over. Definitely, you know, Yakimak is to change something. Could have done. But, I mean, look at the game there. He changed his formation. We looked a lot fresher. You know, mm. with the two strikers in the park, Abada. He seemed to benefit from it. So maybe that will open. Yeah, I think that formation was more or less forced on him just because of who was fit. So. It shows that you know there is another formation that this team can play and, and get results. But yeah, it's always going to be hard to to beat a team that just sit eleven behind the ball, isn't it? It's you're looking for maybe a wee deflection, a bit of luck, a second ball. So you know we'll drop points, you know, against teams like that. But I think Ange's got his winning the majority of games where teams have put eleven behind the ball. It, it's just. Yeah, sometimes you need a wee bit of luck that we didn't have. I mean, 30 shots in goal you'd expect to get. I don't know what the XG was, but uh, I'd say we'd expect yeah, to man. get a couple. Is Patrick got to, got to come in with the XG from, from Patrick's it? Patrick's a top man. Something... He even got a book about it for Christmas, son. You got oh, God. Us. I think it was 2.1 on versus 0.3 or something. I'm not sure. There you go. So, it's roughly that every no. game anyway. Yeah, It's the way Ange's got his player, isn't it? Create lots of chances and don't concede chances. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, that, that links into this next point, Patrick. I'm going to come to you in this because it's something that, you know, you say to me, you can't mix things up because I was saying, you know, maybe have a wee shot now and again outside the box and you get guys that like, like beat on and stuff. Monty's one of our regular 
Tuesday contributors and he start, need to start shooting from outside the area. Quick one, two, short. Pass it. Is that something you think Ange Postecoglou's team needs to do or they just need to keep doing the same things that keep working and creating you know, consistent XGs like that which do show that it leads to and again even in, in Sunday there in Boxing Day when the squad was COVID ravaged with players you know that we maybe wouldn't expect to be first team uh, starters but still stuck to the same kind of game plan yeah as Lord had touched on there it was good to see an adaptability in terms of formation but we kept doing the things that we know works and we got our um, just good for it yeah um, I mean I personally don't have a problem with them with the team doing it every once or twice especially if it's like the 80th minute and you're doing no no isn't mum Um Ange probably disagrees though. I mean, Ange seems to think that his system works and it does, in fairness to him. And just because it's not working after 80 minutes doesn't mean it's not going to work after 94. You know, he just, he might think, and he's probably right, after, you know, you've seen it in Ross County, it's not worked yet, but it will work in the end. And it has worked, you know, I, I don't know how many games we've played since Aberdeen. I think it's probably 12 or 13. We've got 11 wins and two draws. And uh, the two draws are just from us not being able to break down teams. You know, it's not from conceding too many goals, it's from not being able to score. So, you know, I don't think I've got a problem with, you know, Roger Turnbull, Beaton, McGregor shooting from, you know, 20, 25 yards if we're struggling a bit. But um, I'm not even sure that would have worked against St. Mern, if I'm being honest either, because they had so many guys behind the ball. You probably couldn't get a shot on target. I know McGregor mm. covered one to the left-hand side, if I remember correctly, but... I think it was just a perfect storm. You know, your front three are out, Turnbull's out, Roger was having an off day. That's your five key players. Um, so, just think you've got to pick yourself up and move on. Yeah, no, 100%. Lawrence, is this something you would like to see us do? It's a, a tactic we saw um, many a time under Neil Lennon and, and another Celtic managers, or you know, as Patrick says, there, is it just a, a case of keep trying to go at the end and keep trying to break things down. I mean, if you look at the game in Dingwall, you know, it's a great example of what you're saying there, Patrick, as you keep trying to do the same thing until 97 minutes, um, which is probably still upsetting a lot of people out there in Scottish press and a lot of other football teams, but you keep doing the same thing and eventually you get your goods for it. Or would is, you like is that to nine to about a minutes three seconds? Listen, I, yeah. I think shutting a centre-half up is a, it's a sign of desperation, but I guess that's where you are, with 10 minutes to go sometimes. You're in a title race. You're shoving a centre half up. We're only doing that because because injuries. Let's be honest. You, you might, you know, Yakimakis was fitter. Yeah, you, you're more likely to throw another striker on if we had that option. How good are our centre halves? Well, they, they don't have a, a load of goals. You know, we get enough corners in a game. So, is it to, to suggest that they're they're really going to get on the end or something? I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I know Tony. Haggerty suggested throwing Anthony Ralston up front uh, after he, he's uh, 96 and three seconds minute winner. But uh, for, for me, you know, just throw a centre-half up. It's a, it's a bit of desperation, isn't it? You know, just throw him. He's a big boy. He might go on the end or something. Yeah. As I'm just saying, you know, we'll, you know, I'm just saying, well, look, we've got a system that creates chances. Who's more likely mm-hmm. to score? You, you, you know, Arguably, your forwards are more likely to score because well, I guess that's why they're forwards and not centre halves. Mm. Yeah, and that's something I've got a lack of just now. Lawrence as centre forward, and again, you know, as you touched on there, we didn't get on to Joey Dawson, but somebody of his uh, calibre might have actually been a good shoot last week just in terms of trying to break that down and using a bit of muscle power up there. 
Um, what we're going to do with the comments, where we're going to have a chat about it, we're to get your thoughts on it, is Leila Bada, right winger or centre forward? That's a big question just now. We've seen him score a brace at the weekend at McDermott Park, so let us know your thoughts on this one. Leila Bada, centre forward or right winger? Patrick, I'm going to come to you first on this. I think his play through the middle is excellent at times. Um, we can see that he can score a goal. A lot of the goals he scored early on under Ange were, you know, as a result of drifting inside. What is your thoughts on Lillabada now? Have have we just been playing him as a winger because we've seen him that he could take on a man? And is it time to maybe put that to rest and start playing him as that kind of second striker just now with Kyogo for the hashi? Um, Not in I terms of up front, so. by the way, in terms of his, you know, bit of squad state for there if Kyogo's not available that Abada's there. But again, we played two up the other day and it worked. I think it's worth trying. You know, you know, there's trying to be turn at centre half. Um, we've tried Kyle go out wide. We've tried McGregor at left back. You know, uh, it's worth having a go. Uh, you know, he's been struggling for form. I think for the last three months outright, and uh, I think you know he's got pace and he's still struggling to beat a man. And then he's played through the middle two games now, and although he didn't score in at St. Mun, he was unlucky. I thought because he was just a few inches away from getting on the end of some good forces, especially towards the end of the game. Um, and their keeper made a few good saves. And then obviously, on Sunday there, um, I think it was Sunday, he scored two, but he could have had four or five. You know, He certainly had, he had at least two other clear-cut chances where I thought he was un, he was unlucky. He sort of puts it high and it's a, it's an OK range for the goalkeeper. Um, so I don't know if that's just St. Johnson being poor and giving up too many chances but you know he's, he's fast he can make those runs Roger can beat on or find them no, no bother so I think it's worth uh, worth uh, giving that a try Lourdes what's your thoughts on this Alan Robertson's come in and said he thinks that Abada is better through the middle what's your thoughts on it are we getting carried away because you've saw him you know scored goals against Ross County and St Johnson teams that are at the bottom of the table or do you think naturally it just looks a lot more Comfortable up there as a striker. I, I think see when he plays as part of the front three, he's meant to make up the second striker at times. You know when a ball's out in the left, he's meant to come in to I suppose level with the right hand post. So mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think maybe some of the chances were the fact we're playing the 3-5-2. You, you know, it was a bit fresher. I, I thought the, the last game there, that some of the balls uh, coming in were coming in a lot quicker. We're moving the ball quicker for, 
from a, a wing backs, if you like. So I, I think that's maybe got a bit to to play on it. He can definitely play through the, the middle, but I know he scored, but geez, he, he didn't have missed some amount of chances. But we forget the guy's only what twenty years of age. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's got some return already in terms of you know assists and goals. He's, I, th- I think you know he's going to be inconsistent. He's you know. Arguably, he's a second choice out in the right, isn't it? You know, if you've got Forrest fit, uh, you'd expect him to play in front of him. But listen, he's scoring goals and getting assists. You've got to be happy with that. Uh, definitely in a three-five-two, I think he he looks comfortable as a, you know as part of a, a striking partnership. I said Joey Dawson when he came on. I thought he he had a great game. You know, he kept it simple, a couple of nice touches, just moved the ball on, made his runs, and. I thought he should have scored. He just needs to put a wee bit more on that. It's in the back of the net, isn't it? Uh, so, and just certainly, you know, he's, he's getting performances out of players and it doesn't seem to matter what, you know, what's getting thrown at us. The team's still creating chances and limiting opposition, which I, I guess is what Angie's system is all about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, 100%. What's your thoughts on this one? Um, two up front. We, we did see his go to that at the weekend there. I think, you know, Ange Postacoglu was forced into that but I stick on for a four-three-three. We know that, um, but you know, as Lawrence mentioned there, you know, uh, and some of the comments coming here, made us probably likely to come in here in January, um, and you know, Lawrence was talking about Forrest being that stick on in the right hand side. There's a possibility that with Maeda coming in, we might see Jota moved over to that side. We know he can play either or wing. But when Maeda does come into the building, where does that put a badass position? Because to me, if you've got a fit Jota. And a fit Forrest, it's likely that both of those guys start the wing for Celtic. So is it a badder there in the bench? Obviously, versatile. We know, you know, if a winger gets injured, we can bring him on there. But would it be better to, to look at him as a second striking option, um, whether to par- partner Kyogo for the Hashi or to go into a, a two if that was something that the manager thought was um, something that could be productive for us? Yeah, I mean, if if you get Maeda. Forrest, Jota and Kyogo. You know, that's all guys looking for three places. I think Abad is at the very best fifth choice there um, for, for only three places. So I think second place to Kyogo it probably isn't a bad place for him to be at 20 years old. You know, he's got 18 goal contributions, 10 goals, 8 assists in, what, five months? So mm-hmm. a phenomenal return for a 20-year-old who's been, you know, he's not played every game. He's been dropped a few times. Uh, I'm not sure if Forrest is automatically ahead of a badder. I know we're talking about playing him as a striker, but you know if Andrew chooses to play him at right wing, you know the stats back him up. You know a lot of people say about Forrest, he, he scores goals, he, scores, he gets assists without actually playing too well. And the same can be said for a badder. You know, it's it's a flip of a coin in my opinion uh, out in the right. But um, I think if Kyle goes out for another. Uh, period of time, you know, three, four weeks, I'd like to see a badder being given the jersey and say, these three, four games are yours and just see what you can do. Because I think, especially in a bigger pitch, I think he'd, he'd do quite well. Yeah, no, I think he would, especially at Celtic Park when you're going to have, you know, I'm just going to see whether we'll get a lot more of the ball, but we're having a lot of the ball when we go and play away games still. But as you say, if you get the balls out of the flanks and you're stretching the game a wee bit more, those runs um, that Abada seems to be making, you know, is only going to get even better. And those runs, Lawrence, were matched at the weekend by a midfield uh, diamond that a lot of people, I think, going into the game were 
We're worried about the pace of the freedom and, and beat on McCarthy and Roderick. I know you're a, a fan of James McCarthy since he arrived at the club. I thought he was excellent at the weekend. I thought beat on, you know, looks as if he'd get a new pair of slippers uh, for his Christmas um, from Big Ange. And Roderick, again, you know, sublime for some of the, the assistants again. Um, with players like that in midfield and, you know, the creativeness that we've got up front, you know, I think now's the time for McCarthy certainly to kick on. We're seeing Beaton be, be, you know, we've got to have a new Beaton back in Celtic in central midfield. Obviously, we'd used him a lot at centre half, but how much does uh, our forward play depend on the guys behind them? Listen, uh, hugely, you know, the way Ange plays, especially full backs pushing on, you're looking for your defensive midfielder. To stop a lot of the chances, and I, I think McCarthy does that. He's just got the quality, isn't he? He knows where to be. His ball retention is very good. I think it's probably his best game since he came in. Hopefully, you know, I know we're in the break now, but rumours are that Turnbull's going to be out for another month after we start playing again. It's a chance for McCarthy to come in and nail that down. Yeah, you know, hopefully, Callum's back. You've got Beaton, on, you've got Rodrick. At least we've still got cover in midfield and they're playing well. But Beaton's shown it, you know, defensive midfielder, or even more centrally, he can do it. What a finish for his goal. You know, it's been a while. He used to score some crackers, but it's been a while. Uh, yeah, absolutely revitalised getting to play in his preferred position, isn't he? Tom Rodrick, you know, if Rodrick plays well, we generally win. Yeah. So I think with, you know, another wave of COVID coming in. I know we've been affected with it and we've been affected with injuries. We're going to need everybody in there. You know, a tumble's going to be out for a while. So you're now looking at Beaton, McCarthy, McGregor, Rogic. I'm not too sure who else will come in that can play in midfield. Uh, but I think one of the Japanese boys that's coming in can. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think... You know, some of the quality of the balls that both Beaton and McCarthy were putting through to the front too, but were absolutely cracking. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully James kicks on for this. Yeah, um, Hatati and Adeguchi, I think, can, can both play centrally. Lawrence, I think Hatati is a bit um, versatile. He's certainly in the angible, the players, Patrick, somebody that can play all over the place. Um, but as you touched on, uh, Kyogo, I've just got to start up here. Kyogo, Jota and Abada have so far directly contributed to 55 goals since joining um, the Hoops, which is a phenomenal return for free players. So throw that one out into the, the comments, let me hear your thoughts. Full-strength team at Celtic, what is the, the, the most full-strength front three that we can play? Who are the free players that you would play up front for Celtic? Um, we'll get your comments in and we'll chat about that. Um, on that though, Lawrence, we saw, you know, Joey Dawson came in. I think it's it'd be unjust of us not to give him a mention. Nephew of Michael Dawson, I never knew that, the old Spurs captain. Um, she had a tear in his eye, actually. I only saw that article that he was um, bursting me pride to see him come up. We've taken him from Scunthorpe. He came up. It was a player that we put right into that B team. He's not been near the first team before now. Um, again, it's a real sign of positivity under the manager that he's given you players that chance. I know at the weekend we were stretched in terms of Injuries, COVID call-offs, etc., etc. But it's still good to see young players like that given a chance in the first team, and it'll only help for their as uh, development at Celtic. Definitely, I mean, we signed him from Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe's youngest ever player. You know, would suggest he's got you know if he's setting records, there's, there's something about him. Obviously, signed for the B team, but 
That's how short we are. We had to call him up. And honestly, I don't think he looked too far out of place. He really unlucky not to score. He, he kept it simple, which I liked. You know, he wasn't trying to do anything fancy. Just get the ball, move it on, make his run. Get the ball, move it on, make his run. He looks a fairly big bit of a boy. He looks about 6'2 or something. So so maybe he's going to be an option. It goes far to say he actually showed more in the weekend than Yakimakis has showed for us so far this season. You know, so... You know, arguably he could be the backup striker now, couldn't he? You know, uh, ahead of Yakimakis and, and the Yeti. Uh, you know, really happy what I saw of him. Uh, I know St Johnston are bought me the table for, for a reason, but yeah, the other players I've got to go, well, look, just keep working away and Ange is willing to give you a chance, which hopefully uh, has an effect on Karen Moko and his decision. Five months left in his contract. I'm sure we've got another one in front of him. Uh, I know Lenny seemed to bomb him, out, bomb him out and then Kennedy gave him a, a few games. Pre-season Ange was obviously a fan of his. He was playing him. I think it was Bristol we got injured against, wasn't it? Yeah, Bristol City. Uh, hopefully he signs because he's, you know, he's a boy that we, we say we've been hearing about forever, isn't it? It's, uh, mm. And you don't don't really want to lose that kind of talent from what, what it showed pre-season. Back in training next week, he should be available for selection then. Uh, by the time the break's over, the, the, the early break is over, should I say? Yeah, um, we're touching Karamoko Dumbelli because, as you touched on there, Lawrence is going to be back in training, which I think is an exciting prospect, Patrick. Um, we were talking about wingers, he seems to be the forgotten man this season just due to the fact that horrendous uh, challenge put into him in pre season and having him out for so long. But we know he's a talent, we know he's got something uh, different from the other wingers there and you know he likes a goal because he scored in that game in St Johnson Scott Brown's last game at Celtic Park so we've, we've seen him do it now um, but on Joey Dawson um, Patrick what was your thoughts on his performance and in terms of you know that pathway direct to the first team does it now show that if you're you know any player in that B team has got a chance of stepping up to this first team under Andrew so when Moffat get the shout up um, and do, do you think it's working or would you still prefer maybe some of the guys there, if they are wanting to get them out and you know send them out somewhere, you'd rather they go to somewhere like what Luca Connell's doing at Queen's Park? I've not stuck him in there. I don't know if he hits the age category and that's the reason why not. Or would you rather just stick them in that Celtic B team? Because I do imagine that the B team, Lewis Laird would be your man for this. Um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, please do. Would um, have the same philosophy that the Celtic first team try to implement? Yeah. You know, there are rumours that they're sort of basically trying to play Ange ball, which is good to see. I'm hoping that that is, you know, that becomes the main philosophy of the football club at all levels for the next five or ten years, because it is, it's working for us and it's entertaining to watch. I think any player trying to break through from the B team or the under-21s or whatever you call it, into the first team, it's always going to be difficult and there's probably only ever going to be maybe one, maybe two guys per season, you know, you're not going to get a Kevin Tierney every time, you're not going to get a Callum McGregor every time, even for Callum McGregor. He went out and won in 2013, and I don't think you could really call him a regular start until 2017. And look at him now, he's Celtic captain. In my opinion, the best player in Scotland. Um, so it shows you that it, it can work, but it's just a bit difficult. I think also, as a striker, it's probably hardest, because it's arguably your most important position. You know, if Kyogo's playing well and you're six points behind in the league and every game's a must-win game, the manager isn't going to be very tempted to fire 18-year-old Joey Dawson up top. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, don't know if it's necessarily Queen's Park. I know we like to send a lot of players out out there and they're a, they're a promise. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm sure there's some connection that none of us know about. Uh, I, you know, it doesn't have to be Queen's Park. It could be, you know, back to Scunthorpe or something, you know. But I think alone is probably the best move for people at that age, you know. I was going to say to toughen them up, but he looks physically ready for the SPFL, in my opinion. Uh, maybe just mm-hmm. to, you know, get minutes against other pros who are that size, that level. Um, and yeah, just hope he does well for Celtic and hope he has a wonderful career. So, uh, on that uh, same breath, Patrick, um, one of the comments came in here again, regular Tuesday, contributor Lanky, Lanky67 is saying, looks like Mikey they will be out on loan next month to Indy United and Aberdeen are looking at him. That was something Lawrence that's came out in the press. Um, well, obviously, we've spoken about wingers there. We've spoken about Abada, Jota, made a possibly coming in, James Forrest, Karamoka Dembele. Where does Mikey Johnson fit into all of this? Because we've seen him feature for Ange. Um, you know, came in that night at Easter Road and played very well. He's played in the cup final starting for us. A lot of people were giving him a lot of stick after the game at St Mum. Does he still have a future just now with Ange Postacoglu or do you think he might send him out and loan for six months just to give him that consistent run of game time? Because I think that's been something that's majorly lacked in Mikey Johnson's game time. Not Ange Postacoglu's fault. He's just not had that consistent run of games and um, I don't think that's did him any, any good. And that's the same with, with Tony Ralston. We saw how much a, a lack of game time he'd had when he first broke into that Celtic team with a, a move to Dundee United or Aberdeen um, suit a player like Mikey Johnson. Listen, he definitely needs game time, but I'd be worried about putting anyone out and loan the amount of injuries we've got and the effects of COVID going forward. You never know who you're going to have to call on. So Johnson started and buy players again. He's always got two players on him. Uh, he seems to be beating with fun, but he's needing to get a bit better with his crossing and his shooting. He could really do with a goal. I think first two seasons he came in, he was a goal every four games, both seasons. I think it was something like... Six and twenty-four, and six and twenty-five, or six and twenty-six. So, I, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to put him out on loan this season. We've had far too many injuries, and you know the, the squad's kind of threadbare. I, I know we're expecting to make some signings that will give us some more cover, but I, just with the number of injuries we've had, I think what we're going to need, kind of everybody at, at the club. Uh, you know, Tony Ralston was out on loan at St Johnston and Dundee United. I'm not too sure that either of those loans really suited him. So, mm. Mikey might do better there. You know, rather than playing with teams that have got a lot of men behind the ball, it might open up more for him. But at the same time, I think he's still con- contributing. You know, I thought he had a decent game in the cup final. So, I think he's improving. Uh, he could really do with a goal just to kind of lift his spirits. He seems to have become... Uh, the whipping boy just now, and I'm not too, too sure why he's, you know, he's a young player. Yeah, he could do with a goal, but I think he's still contributing to the team. And yeah, I'd keep a hold him for the rest of the season. But for too many injuries, and we don't know how COVID's going to affect the squad going forward, I think we're going to need everybody at the club. Yeah, and Patrick, that is something that, you know, Celtic fans do quite well, is whenever you get a youth player on a team, they're usually <laughs> the first to get it tight. Um, Stephen Welsh was one of those guys last season. Um, this point coming in from our man behind the keys, um, Paul, I think it's saying here, you know, Christy, McGregor, I are all in the loan deal as part of our development. Michael Johnson still has a loan contract for Celtic. I think it's up in 2024 or 25. It is a long way to go and could benefit from 12 months. 
away. Obviously, Christie up to Aberdeen, Patrick McGregor down to Notts County, um, mostly Jack Grealish down there, and Chris Iyer at Kilmarnock. Um, during that time when Chris was at Kilmarnock, he was in at Celtic part every week working with Celtic coaches to look at his development, see where he was getting things wrong, and that's really what solidified him as a centre-half. As it, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, worth and a risk worth taking just now as, as Lawrence touches on there, you know, injuries COVID-wise that in the long term if we get Michael Johnson out just now to, you know, one of the suitors in the league, even Hibs, I think, you know, Sean Maloney would be a, a great help for him as a coach. Um, if we do get him out to one of these clubs that we could possibly see his career turn around a wee bit more um, and that confidence that he maybe needs, you know, Lawrence does touch on Ralston at United and St Johnson, which is something to consider. Obviously, those teams are going to leak a lot more goals. Ralston naturally is a as a full back, but Johnson, if he went to one of those kind of teams that are going to be challenging in the top six, we might see him kick on a wee bit more with a consistent run of games if he keeps himself fit. Yeah, um, I think he needs game time. I'm not sure, you know, if he stays for the rest of this season and doesn't go out and loan, he might play until, you know, mid-February as the first-choice left-winger. But then after that, you've got Maeda and Jota. So would he get much game time beyond the middle of February, you know? Um, then if he goes out and loan and we leave ourselves short, you know, you've effectively... I think you've only got really Maeda out in the left-wing for about a month because I don't think Jota will be back until February. I'm pretty sure. I think it's fairly long-term Jota's now. It'll, it'll be at least a month. So, yeah, I mean, Atati's there as a left wing option as well. Oh, I so he is. Right, he can play left wing. Um, I'm just thinking of him as a midfield player. Uh, I think he could. And just as it buy players for one position, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I uh, I think he could do a goal. To be fair, if he scored in the first minute against Hibs on the on the seventeenth of January, I think that would do him. But um, I think he's getting better. I think you know he, he had a good game at against Fering Varos at home and then he was having sort of nightmare after nightmare. Uh, I thought he played well against Motherwell. I thought he played well in the cup final. I didn't think he'd done too bad at Paisley. You know, everyone was off form. Everyone was off their mark. Um, and, you know, we wingers especially, they're the guys that need to take the risks and try and beat a man and put a cross in, you know. The only worry is he's getting better and he's still not good enough, you know. He just needs to keep on trying to get better, contribute to the team. Uh, you know, against um, in our final Europa League game, we won three one. I think it was three one. 
3-2, sorry. He puts a great cross in for Ewan Henderson. He's one on one with the goalkeeper, decides to square it and totally fluffs, fluffs the chance. So he should have had a goal and assist that game, but he ends up with a regret instead. Uh, so I think he needs game time. But for Celtic, if you're putting Celtic first, I think you need to keep him because mm. you're limiting yourself with options if you put him out alone. Yeah, I think there's going to need to be a balance stuck there and, you know, if the move is right, possibly. Um, but again, you know, I think Lawrence hits the nail on the head there with COVID and injuries. It might be just the case that we do need to keep him at the club because we're so short. But again, we'll just wait and see in that one. But um, Red Scotland again, regular Tuesday. Contributors coming in here to say, does the impressive Scott Robertson return to Celtic from loan in January? And if so, does he push for a place? I'm going to fire that one over to you, Lawrence. Talking about loan deals there, Scott Robertson's went down to Crewe uh, and he's, you know, playing out his skin every week. If you look at anything from the Crew match reports, which again, Lewis there's been well on top on, uh, you know, he's been one of the standout players there. And when you're balancing that up in midfield, you know, maybe a guy like Ismailia Soro might be the guy that makes way if Scott Robertson does come back into the squad and he might be one of the guys that departs the club. Listen, if... No doubt that Sora would make a way for Robertson, but Sora's so far away from the team, I don't think it do Robertson any good coming back. We're really well covered at, at, at the sixth position, aren't we? We've got McCarthy, Beaton, McGregor. Can all play it really well. I, I think, you know, if Robertson's coming in, yeah, he'd push Sora further down, but he's still fourth choice for that position. Uh, his loan deal was going well. I, I, I just think it'd be wrong to bring him back because we're just so well covered in that position just now. I mean, what's the likelihood of Sorrow playing between now and the end of the season? Because that's the boy that he's pushing out, isn't it? And I think it's really unlikely. I, I would leave Robertson out there for his, his development. I know it kind of goes against what I'm saying with, with Mikey, but Mikey's all, you know, he's already in the squad. I think maybe he's only got one of, no goals, one assist this season, but I think the last few weeks he's, he's been getting better. So, uh, yeah, for me, I wouldn't bring Robertson back. I would leave him out there because he's not going to push McCarthy, Beaton or McGregor out of that number six position. So, in reality, if we bring him back, how much game times are you going to get? I think leave him to the, the end of the season and then bring him back. Uh, but, yeah, Sora's probably someone that we could do with moving on. You know, his fourth choice. If Robertson's back at the club, his fifth choice for the number six position. I think it's just... Either out and alone, or sell him, get something back back in. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure who else in the in the squad we could realistically move out. Maybe Julian out and loan, because goodness knows what kind of player he's going to be uh, when he comes back. He's been out for so long. I think he's going to need game time, and I don't think we're going to be uh, playing risky centre halves, are we? Or, or a boy that's that's not played for so long. But yeah, I wouldn't recall Robertson. I, I just think we're really well covered at the sixth position, so I would leave him to complete his loan for the season. Uh, but on, on that, I'd probably try and move Sorrow this window. Yeah, pass it. the Gucci's another one that I think can come in there and plays the, the holding midfielder too, so we're getting another option in there. Um, one of the comments coming in here is saying that Sorrow would benefit from a loan deal, possibly offload bowling goalie and a yeti to free up wages. Um would it be a loan for you for Sorrow or would it be a permanent move? Because I think as Lawrence touches on now, we've got that many players in that position that it might just be a case of trying to get him out the door if the price is obviously right. Um, I think we're going to struggle to offload again in this window due to the injury now. 
I don't think he's going to leave Celtic in January. I think he'll need to wait till the summer for Albina Yeti, in my opinion, just due to that injury. I don't think anybody will touch him. What's your thoughts on that, Patrick? Um, I think, you know, another player mentioned there, Bolingoli. So far down the pecking order, you know, I think he played two games in the space of three or four weeks. And you mm. thought, oh, is the manager trying to get him back up to fitness or get him back in the squad? And he didn't even play that badly. You know, I think it was Livingston in the middle. He played okay. He wasn't a star performer, but he played all right. Um, I just I don't see where he fits in. You know, Liam Scales is playing regularly. The manager's came out and said he quite likes Greg Taylor. Adam Montgomery's coming on in a lot of games and played a lot of September and October. I think you can offload ball and golly. Um, so he obviously had those couple of months where he was like the saviour along the Turnbull last season and then towards the end we realised that he wasn't of the same quality uh, and he's barely had a look in this season. You know, as you two have said, McGregor's ahead of him, Beaton, McCarthy. If Robertson were to come back, he's probably ahead of him as well. You've got Adaguchi in that position as well. I think he's a defensive midfielder. You've got so many players now that are ahead of Soro. I think he's one that you can try and move on. I think Barkas is probably another one that you can look to move on as well. Uh, mm. It's weird being so light in some positions and yet so stacked in other positions. You know, you're looking at the team and thinking, oh, who comes in for Turnbull without realising you've actually got, you know, guys like Ewan Henderson, guys like Katati coming in. You've actually got quite a lot of options, just unproven and guys that you can't necessarily rely on. But you do have a lot of options in these positions. So, yes, I would move Soro and try and get something permanent if if you can. Not too sure about a loan because, you know, I'm talking about how many options we have. But you just never know when an injury crisis is going to hit. So, mm. if we can't sell him, I would just keep him around the place. Um, but if you can get money from him, I'd, I'd move him on. Yeah, um, there's a lot of chat just now going on about Chris Julian and the comments. I know you've touched on their loan deal, Lawrence. Um, Carol Starfelt, I think, is attracting attention again from Celtic fans due to his past three performances. I did say last week, one game doesn't make you a bad player. certainly does know it in the cup final. But again, I think, you know, the mistake at the weekend, again, people are starting to, to ask questions about him. Um, if Julian does come back, and it's a big if because... It seemed as though maybe we were all getting false hope that he was going to come back just for the stuff he was putting out in his socials. Um, you think Celtic are just, you know, patiently waiting, giving it week after week and not wanting to rush him back just in case he's out for even longer. It was a horrendous injury which he suffered against Indy United. We don't need to go into it again. We know what happens. Um, but are Celtic just really being cautious here with the amount of time that it's taken now? Because... I think we're approaching a year now since that injury against Indy United. We know everything that's happened since then. Are we just biding our time? Or do you think that Julian may be one of the guys that makes way at Celtic? Listen, if Chris was part of your you know, Europa League squad and, and Bongoli wasn't. So so that tells you how when we were expecting him back. We actually, you know, expect him to be back to play the Europa League and I'm not too sure what's going on with him. It, it seems yeah, every week, well, he'll be back next week. I think he's back almost in full training. I don't know he's back running. But he's been out for a year. It's going to take him a while to go up to speed. And I think he could probably, ben- you know, if he is back fit, he could probably benefit with getting out and loan just to just to get his games up. Starfelt, 
his his performances have dipped in the last three games, but he's still, you know, an integral part of the best defence in Scotland this season. So yeah. I don't think he's done anything to deserve getting dropped. You've got Stephen Welsh there that's, you know, adequate backup. Uh, arguably, you know, Dan Murray came in at the beginning of the season and put in a good performance. So I think Julian's, goodness knows when he's going to be back. You know, we expected him back for the Europa League, which was months ago. Uh, he's not back. If he is back fit now, we've got 18 league games left. How long would it take him to force his way back into that team and get up to speed? It, you know, it's one position, you know, centre-half, you don't really want to put someone in that's really rusty. You know, you need to be, you know, two or three goals up before you give him any game time. I think he could pro- probably benefit from going out and loan. He's probably one of the better play- played players. If he goes out and loan and proves his sale again, you know, we might be looking to move him on. I know we've been linked with, with Suter, but if you're bringing him in, you know, many centre-halves we're going to need. So, he's earning Remember a lot. Remember the injury they could Aye, but listen, he's pulling a big wage from us. It might be time just to move him on. So either way, he's going to need to play before anyone's going to buy him. You know, no one's going to buy a player that's been out for a year injured. So he's going to need game time, and I don't think he's going to get it with us this season. So if he is back sometime in the next few weeks, when the transfer window's open, I'd I'd try and get my own move to to get some game time. But uh, whether you know. Another club's going to be willing to pay any of his wages or a loan fee for a guy that's not play, played in a year. We may have to put him out without a loan fee and, and still play a lot of his wages. But I, I think it would be in our interest to get some games in his legs uh, elsewhere just now on a loan uh, with a view to either next season, him coming back in and you know if he's shown that he's, he's back to his, his best, either coming back in and being part of the team or moving on. Yeah, I think that would certainly be if he was to go out and loan any of it, maybe back to his need of France in Ligue 1. Um, Patrick would maybe be the place for him to go. Do you still see him having a future? I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy here who wasn't cheap by any means. He was seven million quid. Um, Celtic's record uh, defensive transfer uh, purchase. Do you think it's a guy Ange might look at? Because we know he can certainly play from out, out the back. I know he's uh, not a hard man, as a lot of people will remind us. He was tormented by Lyndon Dykes. He probably is still um, having nightmares about Dykes at the Tony Macaroni up against them. But, um, you know, we know he could play football. He's a lot of big goals for Celtic. You know, the late goal against Lazio, the late goal in the cup final, there was not the late goal in the cup final, the um, offside goal in the cup final. Um, which, again, I'm still having a lot of people. But, uh, so, we know he can score big goals. We know he likes a header. Could he be a man for Ange Postecoglou? I think he would certainly suit the system, but it's just, I think, is probably Lawrence touches on there whether we can get him up to speed and get actually get him into the team if he, if he has to come back I it's whether he suits the system or not I think um, well, you know he, he's been out for a year so it's whether he comes back as the same player um, I'm not sure when his birthday is but we did sign him when he was 26 so in the summer he'll be 29 so I think both the club and him need to make a decision about where his future is because I think he's only got 18 months left in his deal so it's either we sell him this summer or he signs a deal and becomes a, a mainstay in Angie's system you know the board might say to Angie look you've got X amount to spend you can either sign Carter Vickers for six or just keep Julian and try and implement him into your, into your system 
You don't you don't know. Um, I'd like us to sign Carter Vickers and keep Julian personally because I think mm. you think get three top quality centre halves and then well should I develop in one but as a as a fourth now. Um mm-hmm. and even with our injury record I think that should be adequate cover, especially when you've got Dane Murray as well behind them. Uh, I'd like us to keep Julian. I mean I like him as a player and I think he's quite good as well. Um if he, if he has to move on, he has to move on. I can't see us getting the seven and a half or the seven that we spent on him, if I'm being honest. I don't think alone would work either, if I'm being honest. You know, as I said, he's 29. I'm not sure whether he'd be totally up for that as a 29-year-old. He probably thinks yeah. he's quite established as a player. I think he'll be looking for a, a, a permanent move if he's going to move on at all. So it's just interesting. These are all hypotheticals because until he plays his first game back, you just don't know. Um, if Ange decides to surprise us and plays him against Tibbs, that'd be brilliant, I think, because a good first game back. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, can play. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Yeah, yeah hopefully the Celtic photographer has been told. <laughs> Don't take any pictures for them or just keep it in silence. As a bit of a strange situation with Lawrence because I, you know, I saw last night um, Manchester United before their, their game kicked off at St James's Park put out a big report about why Lindelof was missing from the team. It was a COVID issue, but they were keeping their fans right. And you know, instead of being speculation around the player, just completely turned it off and saying this is this. Um, Celtic, you know, definitely know Celtic don't like to do their business out in the open. And just kept the old card close to the chest when it's came to. Um, some big games, Leverkusen in the cup final. Um, obviously, Leverkusen with McGregor and Kyogo going in the cup final. With Kyogo, we like to spring a surprise upon us. Um, Joe Weir's come in in the comments to ask if we have any insight into business being done. Unfortunately not. We're not privy to any insight. We just read the same stuff and listen to the same stuff as you. You know, It looks as if these players, though, from our perspective, are probably going to be a stick-on when we're coming into Celtic. And if three players from the G League didn't arrive, I'd be very, very surprised at this moment in time, just due to the longevity of the linkage, how quick the linkage came about, and reports from Japan. Reports from Japan, Patrick, which are internal reports from Japanese media, they're not relying on UK media to make these reports that we've already seen Yokohama eh, Marinos go out and set up their, their potential um, replacement for Maeda, so I would certainly suggest he's all but done. Lawrence, something you've touched on a lot is the, the gap in the window here. Obviously, the winter break's been brought forward um, due to the fact we would to get fans at the stadium, not for any other reason, as Ange Postecoglou reminded us all at the weekend. Um, that's just after Alan McGregor was trying to string a sentence together. Um, so, you know, we've got a gap here in the window to try and get these players in. But with COVID um, quarantine and stuff so with Carol Starfelt um, how important is it to get these deals done quick because even though we've got a bit of time before we play Hibs we know what it's like by the time you get guys in you know we're probably going to be 10 days down with quarantine 
it'd be great to think that they're all sitting in a hotel room in London and now doing press ups. Don't know if that's the case, but just to get them right up to speed and up to uh, Lennox Town to get into, you know, climatised to the, the, the sunny conditions, which I'm sure will be, uh, you know, there at Lennox Town in January time and, and get them into that Ange Postecoglou squad. Yeah, I think it's important to get them in just to see the way that we want to play. I mean, the guys have just finished the full season, so their fitness should yeah. be there. So we're not too worried about, you know, some of the boys that came in earlier said, well, they didn't have a pre-season, it's fitness, it's held them back. These boys should be where they need to be in terms of fitness. It's just fitting into the team and learning whatever drills Ange want to show them and how to play. The quicker they come in, the better. You know, it's 10 days isolation. So you'd be looking, I don't know, seventh, eighth or a January joining up and who knows what restrictions will be in place then but hopefully you know they're straight into the squad and into the training although it won't be a Dubai camp this year uh, they'll, they'll, they will have to make do with, with Lennox Town uh, we're crying out for players uh, I think the break coming, coming early hopefully a lot of the, the players that have been, been injured will be back you know Yakimakis there was an update in him so he, he should be back by then yeah, we've really got to get these boys in beginning of the transfer window. Uh, you know, so hopefully we're announcing something, you know, uh, next week and and time for the show. We could be coming on and talking about, you know, the three signings have been announced and done. But going back to the Julian thing, I, I think it said it all where we expected him to be, the fact we put him in the Europa League squad. That's when Celtic expected him back. So I, I think maybe Celtic's feeling a bit of frustration here of... The medical team expect, expecting him back and he's never quite made it back himself, whether he, he, he just doesn't feel ready or, or what it is. But for the looks of things, the medical team's advice was he would be back for Europa League. That's why we put him in the squad. We're now months after that and, you know, it doesn't seem to be any closer, does he? There's always the, he'll be back, he'll be back. But no, uh, new signings, get them in sooner rather than later. But COVID's probably, it might only be three now. Because you know, there's no guarantee that we'll be back watching games by the by the time the Hibs game kicks off. It's obviously going to have an impact on us financially. So, what kind of money is going to be there? I'm not too sure. I think the money's there for the three Japanese boys. Over and above that, if we are still not in stadiums, it's going to impact every team in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. not having that much day revenue. I think some clubs may struggle to make it to season book renewal time. Uh, you know, if that's the case. Yeah, or might need to sell a player that they don't want to sell. In another case, I think we saw a lot of that in the, the last window, Lawrence, and we saw clubs having to let players go just to kind of balance the book up. Um, Patrick, just on signings, going to need you to kill this speculation. Daniel's coming in to say that I must know stuff being big and just bestie. I don't know anything. I just bump into him at times and that's it. Patrick, you'll need to confirm this for me. Do I tell you anything? Nothing. He keeps it all to himself. Not at all. I don't know anything. Not, not, I don't know. Not a clue. I only read the same thing as you. So, yep. I, I just hope that I'm sure he's well ahead of a, a track with us, and I'm sure his uh, agent and him are, are working very hard to get deals done, which I'm sure will come in the door. I think he, um, you know, I think something to touch on that we've not spoke about yet. We actually said last week we were talking about the. Possible insecurity at the club by not having a permanent CEO. Patrick, you said, you know, we don't know how long this process takes and bang, out the blue it happens again. I knew absolutely nothing about that one before I start getting uh, 
accusations being told that Big Ange is slippy things today. It's not happening. Um, but, you know, what does that say? You know, Michael Nicholson, I think, can really prove himself in terms of football and sense here. We've got everything that's went in the past with the, the whole Higgins debacle. But in terms of the football and Saints past, it can really prove himself here if he gets the, the bodies in in January because we've not really had a successful January uh, winter transfer window since Robbie Keane signed for the club. I don't know about that. Um, I think Armstrong and Mackay Stephen came in that winter window, didn't I'm oh, sorry, that happened. I'm forgetting about that one. You're right. And of no. course, you, you have the one. You're right in that one. The, the bio came in. He was a fantastic player for us, wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> I'm Alan Sorrow. I think I said <laughs> Sorrow was good for a couple of months. Um, I think I said last week that, you know, we'll see at the end of the season whether Nicholson gets the job or not. And I think within three days, he's announced as a permanent CEO. Uh, I think he can make a very good early impression by signing a bunch of players in January because I think we've seen with Ange that the system works. So if he's got enough quality and depth, uh, I think we will win the league. And if we win the league, we get £30 million from the Champions League. And it's just a matter of dominating, you know, both on the park and financially off the park. Uh, because I think if we were to win the league, it sets other teams in the league back financially. Um, and, you know, whoever goes on to win the league gets a massive financial springboard. And I think Nicholson needs to make sure that that doesn't happen, personally, um, because it, it's too important for us, I think. Um, it's less of a gamble this year because you don't have the qualifiers. If we, if we sign good players, the system works. So we're going to win the league if we sign good players. Uh, we might win the league if we don't sign good players but the more good players we sign the less of a gamble it is so I'm getting overly simplistic here but he, he could make a very good early impression by having a good January window and now that the Higgins debacle is behind us just keep the PR stuff off the park to a minimum don't start any unnecessary conflicts just do your business quietly stick up for the club and try and do your best um, and hopefully we'll have a, a successful reign as CEO. Yeah, well, we really hope so, because a successful reign as CEO translates into silverware and success at the football club, and that's what we all crave and want at Celtic. Um, Boris, to try and close up here, it's going to be the last time that we're on in uh, 2021. It's been a, you know, a real tumultuous um, time we kicked off the, the year uh, with a derby defeat at Ibrooks, a complete disaster, nightmare trip to Dubai. We were still locked in our houses watching um, Celtic play, Celtic not play, a very uh, stylish, attractive style of football. We then lost our permanent manager, John Kennedy, came in. We chased Eddie Howe for four months. We eventually then got our man. And with a dual turning points under Ange Postecoglou, um, what is your hopes for 2022? I don't think we could have imagined such a, a mental 2021. Um, I was still optimistic going into that derby game, probably one of very few that were optimistic going into that derby games. Um, but so what, what's your, your hopes for, for 2022? And I, I think for me, the standout was obviously getting that first league cup back under, under Ange for, you know, 2021 best Celtic moment um, just really really good to, to see him bring Silverbird back and I think that's something that's really important to consider six points is not a mountain in the league we've got our first Silverbird we've got some form of European football 
after Christmas, which is a long way away from having a, a deal completely collapse with your candidate number one. Um, and to come so far with, you know, as Ange said, he doesn't know where he was in the list, but he's here to do a job and he's certainly doing that job very well. Listen, uh, I'm hoping uh, Michael Nicholson is successful uh, a CEO as Peter Lowell was. You know, as much as perhaps Peter's not popular now, he definitely delivered some amount of trophies uh, for us. And if we get that kind of percentage trophy return under Michael Nicholson, it'll be brilliant. And I'm hoping too much to sign a head of recruitment. It's now looking like, you know, we're going to go into a, a second transfer window without a head of recruitment. But a strange one. Hopefully, Ange keeps developing the team. You know, Jared over and boys down under, and, and, and Dan told us the first season is a bit up and down. It's the, the, the second season this team will really kick on. Hopefully, we, we bring the Japanese boys in and have a good transfer window. Uh, I'm looking at May. Having four trophies in the cabinet would be ideal. Winning back the League, the Scottish Cup, the inaugural conference, and obviously, we've already got the League Cup. I know uh, Ryan Christie was in the paper saying it was crazy standards to set where if we didn't win a treble, it wasn't successful. I, I, I'm hoping that Ange delivers a, a quadruple in his first season in charge. Patrick, we do like one-off trophies. It is the Celtic way of doing things. Coronation Cups, St Mungo Cups, Empire Exhibition Cups. Possibly the conference could be one to add to that. I think Robert McQueen's bang on here, though. After such a mental year, it's mental how upbeat we all are. Thank you, Ange. Um, and, and Martin's came in here, you know, again, Axon all around the world. Thank you to everybody that's listened to us this year. Um, we hope you're still with us next year. And uh, He's all the way from Melbourne. Um, we've got a lot to thank the Aussies for this year, Patrick, because I think without them, we wouldn't be too optimistic heading into 2022. But what was your thoughts been in 2021? As I said, there's been very much so highs and lows um, in 2021, but it looks as if we're back in the right path and we hopefully can um, have a successful January transfer window to kick off 2022 and come back all guns blazing um, for the ex- these next round of fixtures? Yeah, I mean, I'll just, just sort of touch on that thing uh, Lawrence said about Ryan Christie. I didn't realise he said that. Um, I've, I've, that's the first time I've heard that. Um, it's disappointing because Frimpong said something similar, and these people obviously don't realise that, you know, we think, and in my opinion, we are the biggest team in Scotland with the best team in Scotland. Um, so to win, to go into every single game individually and think that you should win, I don't think that those standards are too high, personally. And if you do go into every single game as a favourite, you should win, and therefore you should win a table. So, uh, disappointing from Ryan Christie there. Uh, still to score for homeless, which is a shame. Uh, but I'm sure he's loving life in the south of England. Uh, no, I would agree with Lawrence. I think the... The, the ball boys are... No, um, I don't think it's the ball boys. I think it's the, the, the garden sheds uh, over the stand across the road that are picking up the balls uh, if they're not going in the scene. And the lifeguards. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the, the quadruple uh, would be my aim, personally. Uh, that might be a bit ambitious, but, you know, if Roma are the best team in the competition, which they allegedly are, then... I think a bit of revenge against Mourinho in the final would be so, so sweet. I think it'd be brilliant. Um, I, th- I think I, I think a really, really big aim, arguably more important than winning the Scottish Cup this season, is to beat Bodo Klimt over two legs because we haven't won a knockout tie. By that point, it'll be 18 years 
and you need to break that up. You know, I think after Copenhagen, everyone was going home thinking, you know, it's deja vu three years in a row. You know, it's getting easier, and we're constantly going out of Europe at this stage. Uh, things have to change, and I think Bodo Glimpse probably the best opportunity you're going to get, unless we repeat a cycle next year. Um, but I think, you know, give the Conference League our best shot. I know we'll be in a title race, but you know, I don't think the Scottish Cup's that important. If you're going for a table, you can focus on the Conference League. So that would be my focus. Beat Bodo Glimpse and win the league. Yep, and just to see this week conversations going on in the chat here, um, if it's going to happen, I'm in for this one, Patrick. You up for a trip to Oz if I get invited over there? Lawrence, you're not. always up for a trip. I don't even need to ask you. Yeah, does it matter, mate? Have the landlords in Melbourne? I'll go anywhere. You know, yep, that. We know. even here. Yep. Well, exactly. And then on that, yep, over and over, we hopefully be back following Celtic in 2022. Um, thanks to everybody who's joined us this year. Um, all the best for the new year. We will see you in 2022. And thank you for tuning in to watch A Celtic State of Mind on this Tuesday afternoon. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.